0: Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep,
1: Souplex, Retweets.
2: Welcome, everybody, to Saturday Draft Live. Yes, we're back for another week. Some things may change, but the one thing that will stay the same is that we'll always be here. I'm feeling glad I've been here since day one ish for Saturday Draft Live. I'm joined by the other two men who are always here, Jack Graham and David Hoffman. Gentlemen, a fine Saturday to you. And a fine Saturday to you, Scott.
0: And a mediocre Saturday to yourselves.
2: <laughs> oh, well, that's okay. So- and also, good morning to you. <laughs> I'm not not so good you. morning. Good morning, good morning, everyone.
3: <laughs> was it say did somebody uh, take a big honking crap at your cornflakes this morning, Jack? I had oh. chocolate wietos actually. So, oh, wonderful! That's, that's you living life to the fullest right there.
2: <laughs> you usually have a. You say you're going to have a bacon roll after this. I hope your bacon roll shite now after that. It's actually I'm having a. Uh, I'm going to have a bacon bagel. So I'm ah. a,
0: little, I'm
3: a wee toasted bagel with some bacon and cheese you know. Spoken, sp- spoken like somebody who should be a part of the West End Country Club uh, I, I revoke everything
0: I
2: just said <laughs> <laughs> No, you're a hipster now, Jack <laughs> but Over the next couple of weeks we're going to try and have uh, some guests on the show We haven't done in a while And we're going to be talking to everybody else All the teams in the draft Ask them about the season, how they're getting on, how they think uh, they can improve and what they're hopeful for the rest of the season. And this week we wanted to start with a team that are currently in last place on the table. Uh, well, we have one half of the, the team because couldn't be here because of uh, realized life circumstances, so that's perfectly understandable. So it's a good chance for his teammate to throw him under the bus for any mistakes made by their team is a set of grief.
1: I mean, we've already discussed this on Central when David Campbell gave me a roast in, um, but I, I will say, in the altered words of my spirit, Animal Castiel, is my drafting skills are rusty.
2: <laughs> oh, yes, uh, I haven't listened to that, but I'm sure we'll be getting into this very similar point later on uh, when we discuss your team. But we start Saturday Draft Live as we always do with the top three of the week, and I'll come to David Hockney first. A team mm-hmm. that, speaking of David Campbell, a pick that, you know, David Campbell kept saying it was a mistake to be picked. As high as it was. But this was that make or break week to prove uh, him wrong. And with 16 points at number three, the new United States champion, Matt Riddle. Dave, I'm sure you're feeling a bit smug now.
3: Mm, I am feeling very smug, bro. Uh, yeah, I just want to rub it in David Campbell's face. You know, He, was, uh, he said to me Matt Riddle was a poor pick uh, to be around three. But look at him now. He's sitting... Uh, currently in fifth place in the top ten this season with twenty points overall, and sixteen of those were just in the last week. Like me and Robert's strategy going into this was saying Matt Riddle is at one point or another going to be winning the United States Championship, and he's going to be heavily featured on Raw. And now that all of a sudden that seems to be paying off. So yeah, I think we're we're very happy in hindsight that we went with with Matt Riddle, and he's uh, he's starting to rack in the points. He's actually our second highest scorer, I believe, as well. So I mean, actually no. I stand corrected. He's at, he is our highest scorer uh, for so far.
2: Mm-hmm. And he's also number five in the top ten overall of the season now. After that win, he got the, loss of the win at the chamber for the title and then fought John Morrison in a non-title match the following night. And given that last of the former champions, he to move moving on to uh, the WWE Championship. Uh, I'm sure you're confident that, last, that Riddle will probably hold on to the title past WrestleMania.
3: Yeah, I hope so. Um, You know, I I was worried that Keith Lee might not get involved somehow, but rumors are circulating that he's injured, so he might be missing some time. And I think if he continues the feud, maybe, I think he's past the Hurt business now, given that, you know, they've moved to the WWE title picture. Uh, But I think if he gets regular defenses against maybe like John Morrison and a few other up-and-comers, as long as he gets the exposure and the title defenses under his wing, I'm pretty confident Matt Riddle's going to be a big scorer in our team going forward. Uh, I'll
2: ask, uh, open us up to Jack and Sarah. 'Cause there's talk about you know, the Intercontinental title that'll be some sort of multi match and you got like Biggie, Apollo, Nakamura in about that scene. Whereas the US doesn't always feel like a a priority. Do you guys really see any big plans for Riddle in terms of like defending that title at WrestleMania? Um
0: No. No. I don't. But I that's just more the state of what I find Raw in the now than anything else. I don't know I I don't I just I just I don't know. The only one I could maybe like potentially see is like Ali or something like that. I, I generally that's that's me even, like scraping at the bottom of the barrel for all to 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 muster that up. But um, I don't know. It's just there's there's I think there's more more promise of a good intercontinental title defence than a United States one. Uh,
1: yeah, I mean it's it's it is a bit of a weird one um, because you you don't know. What could or could not happen, especially with the current state of the world right now? I mean, they could decide to have like a big plan and then they could track COVID and that just throws absolutely everything in the air. And so I I, I honestly think they are just taking it week week by week just to sort of see um, if their plans go ahead. But I can can see it maybe being like a multi-man match towards WrestleMania, if not at WrestleMania.
2: I was just wondering about the US because I think there's more likelihood of it getting on their card uh, because it's two nights this year once again. Then also you don't know if they're going to do the Andre Battle Royal this year because they didn't do WrestleMania uh, 36. Because if they did do it, then I'd I'd worry that Riddle would end up there. But you know, and it just seems like the two most promising candidates for a US defense it May would be him versus Lashley or him versus Keith Lee, but no, neither of them seem possible. Because I said on the stream the I thought. Riddle will win the title, not pin Lashley, and then set will use that to get a rematch. I was half right, he didn't pin Lashley, but it was clearly because Lashley had a bigger plan. Uh, and it involved the man who's in at number two, despite he he won the WWE Championship Elimination Chamber, but despite losing the title shortly after that match, and not appearing on Raw, he's still in number two with 21 points. Screw McIntyre from uh, Gary and Grant's team, Men on a Mission. Uh, Sarah, now... You were taking number one of all the singles picks. You and Track were picking number two. Now these guys already got Reigns and part of the tag team pick. Were you guys kinda of hoping that they would have picked going into it they would have picked one or the other and you could have got maybe McIntyre or Reigns if they picked one or the other? Or was Edge always gonna be your first round pick?
1: I mean, when we were looking at the discussion, like I've even I even said this on Central that I like I may have got lucky when I picked champions in the past. Mm-hmm. But Champions for me is always it could be a hit or it could be a miss. because you could either have like the the straight straight run or it could just blow up in everyone's faces and it's like a wee turning point that nobody sees coming, which kind of what happened like with Drew. so that's why we did decide the edge was going it was going to be either edge or Bianca Belair and um, because we knew mm. we were picking second, um. So we just sort of went right. Okay, we'll go with we'll go with Edge, um, just because being the Royal Rumble winner, he's of course going to get featured, especially in the lead up. Because until obviously he had determined his challenger, he was going to be jumping across all the brands, and um, so it seemed like a no-brainer to to pick Edge.
2: Mhm. And uh, David, Jack, I look at uh, what's happening now with Drew's Road to WrestleMania. You know, Bobby Lashley and. Ellen- Gary and Grant's team as well. Looking like he'll win the WWE Championship going into Mania. So, you know, Drew Mantar is the top scorer. He's the top scorer of the season overall at the minute. And now it's going to be Gary and Grant, one of their picks, going up against another for the WWE Championship. So, it should be very interesting to see what happens with their team going into mm-hmm. WrestleMania.
3: I think that's going to actually be more of a hindrance than a help because, you know, if both lashley and drew on their teams they're not going to gain or lose any points they're kind of just going to stay stay idle with their their points movement but i suppose it's better to to sort of stay idle than sort of lose points as a result because we know how much uh losing a championship as a captain on a pay-per-view can cost them and i think that's what set them back but what saved gary and grant this week with drew is that he actually got a couple of eliminations inside the chamber. Uh, And he he did retain the title inside the chamber too. So that sort of elevated their points up. He just didn't gain as many when he he lost to The Miz afterwards. So, but, you know, Drew's been the number one scorer for the past few seasons now. It was a no-brainer for them to pick him as number one. Uh, And I think he probably will regain the title at WrestleMania given that they're anticipating to have fans at Raymond James Stadium for WrestleMania. So, Mm -hmm. but I'm curious as to see what they'll do with Lashley going forward because that actually might you know, they'll sort of do a tic tac toe, uh, point scoring. You know, Lashley will score points, and then Drew will score. You never know. I think, now that I've said it out loud, Gary and Grant might be onto something here with the the Lashley Drew rivalry possibly going to Mania.
0: I think it will. I think it will. Uh, I think that it's it's clear to see that uh, Gary is the ultimate heart business drafter. When uh, mm-hmm. the past the past two seasons, of these took Bobby Lashley and MVPs, tag team, and got Mania points there. To to Bobby Lashley as a single pick this time round and in my eyes it's going to win the E title on Monday or if it goes to fast then he'll win it then. So I think that eh, it's going to be a very good points getter I think there's way more positives and negatives of this for that team with eh, Drew and Bobby because they'll be, they'll be featured together in the run up to Mania, no doubt obviously Drew will win and that will be our captain's points but I think that will still outweigh the points that would be lost for Lashley come that pay review, saying So I think, it's a, I think they've they've played this very, very well. And I, I commend Grant and Gary for this, the, the men on a mission.
2: <laughs> yeah, you're right there, Jack, in that, you know, they are going to be appearing together frequently and they are up to WrestleMania. I know the, the points from Lashley when end the WWE Championship as well will be big. And obviously, if them appearing together in segments will help roll in those appearance points and they'll actually gain more... And they would a little bit more than they would have lost, given that Drew is their captain and keeping the captaincy on Drew, I think, is very much the smart decision. Right now, they have no they have no point there showing any desire to change that, and nor should they. The idea of a captain winning a championship match over another member of your team actually being a benefit also paid off for uh, the GOAT Tones uh, this past week because despite Sasha Banks also being on their team or teaming up with uh, someone on your team, Dave Bianca Belair, they're the captains of the GOAT Tones, Nye and Shane, have retained. The women's tag team titles at only Chamber and they sit up at the top of the top three this week at uh, twenty six points. The only uh, main roster team, but I do think they were the only real, like I think they were the best option in terms of main roster tag teams, and that's really been proven evidence the last couple of weeks for them. Uh, it's quite surprising
3: that nobody picked any other tag team champions. You know, the uh, the Hart business wasn't selected. Ziggler and Rude weren't ch- picked, and you know I th- I'm pretty sure David Campbell picked Shane and Naya last season, but uh, as part of Purgatory. Uh, I mean, they did okay for him, but now I think, you know, Nye and Sheena have sort of settled into that role where, you know, they're a significantly strong tag team now to lead the the women's tag team division. And they've got, like, they've had many tag matches together and they've had, and they've got a couple of title defenses coming up as well. You know, we've got the match against Dakota and Raquel on NXT this week. So, yeah, I think the Goat Tones have got uh a real points getter with Naya and and this this season. And you know, there was a chance, you know, any any of the three teams before them could have chosen. Like me and Robert could have chosen them. Uh and I'm almost starting to regret uh not going for them as opposed to the Young Bucks because And I think I was sort of favorably leaning more towards the Young Bucks than Nye and I think we weren't as invested in them because we were anticipating they were going to split up at some point. But that doesn't seem to be the case now. So I suppose that sense of hindsight and a little bit of investment from the Goat Tones has paid off massively for them.
2: I think the difference between how this team is fared for David this season as opposed to last season, is right in the middle of last season they lost the tie titles, only then getting them back right at the end. When by that point it was already kind of too late for for Campbell because he still had to invest in Bailey, but then she got eliminated in the Rumble. So you know, but then they've been quite dominant here. Like you said, a couple of defenses here. They've got one coming up with uh, with uh, Raquel and Dakota, which I'm hopeful goes to Raquel in that way. Uh, I think the best, only other team that would have been wise enough to go for the main roster after them, I think, would have been Street Profits because I think it's inevitable they'll get their uh, a tight team title shot against. Uh, Ziggler and Raven regain their SmackDown titles. That's in three of the journey of, of, um, with Sonya Deville not giving them their titles yet. Uh, so, do you think the fact that a lot of people don't really tend to go for their women's tag titles is kind of a thing kind that of further shows how poorly booked those titles have been?
1: I mean, we all know how poorly booked the titles have been. Like, <clears throat> keep saying that it's going to get defended on every brand, but right now, yeah, they're exclusive to Raw, but you've not really seen them jump between the brands like they've really been meant to. But that just comes down to the the lack of people that they can p- put together as a tag team. Cause like when you look at it, you had the first champions, Bailey and Sasha. Yep. And then the second one being the iconics. Like they the iconics were a proper tag team, not just two ones put together. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I mean, I've never really been a fan of the women's tag team titles just because it seems like a way just to get more women on the card which that's never a bad thing don't get me wrong but it they just seem like a, it just seems like a, a filler in a way like that'll be like the new toilet break match.
2: Mm. Yeah it's kind of sad to think but in the past like there have been people picking the women's tag from the first studio Back the the then champs Kabuki Warriors. It didn't actually work out as well as he wanted to do because after started going to a singles program at the time, which meant well a very few like his actual tag points uh for them. Then you had Grant who then took then champs Alexa Bliss and uh Kuros, who actually did well for him for a while, but then as soon as they lost the titles, was he wisely transferred them, which was a smart choice. And then uh, we all know what happened when uh when David Campbell picked Bailey and Sasha but we won't beat that dead horse. We'll wait till he comes back on the show in a couple of weeks. Uh, but I think with what Nia and Shane are doing the last couple of weeks, they appeared on NXT to confront Raquel and took their guy and they'll be in having that title match next week. They appeared on SmackDown in the lead-up to the match they had at Chamber. This is the most of these ones titles have moved Dream Brandon in some time, I think, since, since Bailey and Sasha had them back in the summer. Ah, this is the most that, that I've, I've ever seen the women's tag
0: titles being used I guess it's um it is good to see it's uh David and uh Ryan have played it played it very well obviously like the the thing they would have saw is that they've got about like three or four number one contenders right now to the to the titles which is a which is a good thing for them and they seem to be beating them quite comfortably also they've got their title defense on Wednesday and then uh, they've got Lana and Naomi down the road as well so it's um
3: uh, a very good get by the goat tones. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised they're not featured on NXT as often because, you know, we've just had the Women's Dusty Cup and you see how many different possible female tag teams there are, but yet there don't seem to be any on Raw and SmackDown. So it's kind of ass backwards having those titles feature more on Raw and SmackDown as opposed to NXT. Yeah,
2: I think of the reason I wanted at least one member of uh, Dakota, Dakota Raquel because at one point I wanted them as a tag team. I mean, Steven's team, but we... We ended up changing going without MST, which also worked out. But part of the reason is because I think having them be the first winners of the Women's Justice Club, I think they want to make it seem like a big deal or they are going to make this an annual thing as well. And so by having the first winners actually getting a shot, actually successfully gaining the Women's titles and being the first NXT team uh, to win the titles, I think would be a big deal. And it does keep the titles interesting because, you know, they can then go between the brands. You know, they can defend them on NXT right before Mania against a team like, say, Candice and Andy Hartwell. But they can go to Raw against Nia and Shane and maybe have a rematch with them at Mania because there's talk of a big uh, NXT presence at WrestleMania. You know, I know that Sarah almost will say, oh, but they still got Lana and Naomi. Nobody like, doesn't care about really playing off Lana. They had the thing where she pushed her through the table, but they didn't care about that because right before that, Nia did the whole, whole thing and everyone immediately forgot about her and Lana. And then on SmackDown you've got an Italian team seemingly been built up as a, a, a team so then they could challenge for the titles. I actually think to help further actual interest in the women's side the titles, actually the best thing to do is have Raquel and Dakota win the titles. And I'm not just saying that, maybe 40% I'm saying that because they're on my team, or at least Raquel is. Speaking of teams, we're going to go into the top six of the season. Uh, Sarah, unfortunately alongside Strack, uh, are in last place with 53 points. And then there's a 10-point a leap to myself and Stephen, who are in fifth place, 63. Yes, we didn't have the best. Uh, because Charlotte wasn't really a factor. You know, uh, Wednesday, we only got real appearance went and Biggie wasn't really on SmackDown. But we're also tied with Jack and Ross, the, the priesthood. Oh, oh, oh. But also with 63 <laughs> points. Then up another 10 with uh, David and Robert in at 73 mm-hmm. points. Obviously helped a lot by uh, Riddle mm-hmm. uh, to Owen and up to 80 points with men on Missing Grant and Gary in second. So, you know, Drew losing the title, I think, hasn't uh, hindered them that much. They're still, still in anything, but I think Lashley appearing a lot on Raw would have helped as well. But as we said, their captains are in number one of the week, so they're in number one. But not by that much, 86.5 points. So, you know, Gary and Grant are still right behind them. Uh, so the Goat ones are in at number one. I'm sure they'll have a lot to say and when they appear in a couple of weeks on this show. Uh, I'm sure we'll have a lot to talk about but before we get into Sarah team and uh, some of her picks that she may or may not choose to, to play in one track given that he's not here uh, David, would you like to take us into the top 5 of the listeners league this week?
3: Yes uh, before I go to the top five, I'll just say down at the bottom, uh, the very creative name of the listeners league, uh, Milk Lemonade Sexual cl- Chocolate, Ross Brady, currently sitting at the bottom with 45 points. And then we have Gary Morris and Johnny Napier just above them, each on 47. So Quizzy Rascals and Rick Steiner's Mouser, not obviously not doing too well in this uh, season so far. So they're sort of down in the, the relegation zone, as it were. But the top five has actually had a bit of a shake-up because... Uh, Tom Brock of the with the Vaiselgracht Vanguards has now dropped out of the top five when it seemed like he was off to a flying start and uh, also Colin Blackburn who was down at the bottom of the table last week has actually shot all the way back up to eighth place so you never know I think Colin might actually you know just break into the top five at some point or another but he's had a, a really big leap in terms of points this week so but Going to the top five, we have in fifth place we have Dan Wood with "I was told to draw a wrestler, so I drew McIntyre." Still, probably my favourite team name so far. Uh, Dan's been pretty sort of under the under the radar for quite a bit, so his team is is Paul Heyman and Roman Reigns, Drew McIntyre, Alexa Bliss, Daniel Bryan, Seth Rollins, and Tony Storm. As we mentioned, you know, Drew was uh, one of the big scorers this week, and I think that's what shot him, uh up to the table, and he's now. His, uh, his captain, which is part of his team name, has now been included in the top five, so fair play to him. Uh, fourth place, we have Michael Clottier with uh, broken in half on 86 points. Now, Michael is, again, one of those uh, ones who's sort of in the middle, sort of lower part of the table, but now he's broken into the top five. Uh, again, down to having Drew McIntyre as his team captain. He also has Asuka, Damien Priest, Io Shirai, who, as we said last week, was very successful with a defensive takeover, and his last member is Darby Allen, who's getting heavily featured on AEW. So he's uh, again doing a, another well-rounded team as well. Next, third place we have Billy Stracken from Scottish Wrestling Network with Billy's No Mates. Bit of a gap here, eight point difference, up to ninety-four points uh, compared to Michael. So again. A lot of mid-card guys, uh, mid-table guys, sort of breaking into the top five now. Following Elimination Chamber again. Also, I'm seeing a a pattern here. He also has Drew McIntyre as his team captain, and he also has Alexa Bliss, AJ Styles, who's actually who's scored uh, 11 points total so far. So a nice little booster towards the end. He also has Raquel Gonzalez, who, as we know, is in the women's tag title match. So he could be onto something here with uh, with the coming weeks and. Surprisingly, the last round pick of Adam Pearce is also boosting his team up with all these appearance points. So, you know, I think the the Adam Pearce, Sonia Deville final round picks weren't, uh, weren't such a stupid idea after all. <laughs> Might put some ideas in for next season. Second place, uh, from returning from last season, Alan Laurie has now broken into second with Peace and Jam. Now, we've uh, mentioned Alan's team quite a lot because uh, he's, um, he's been close to the top of the table, but now he's moved into second place, arguably down to... Drew McIntyre, you know, being as his captain. You see, this is, this is where the, the trends start to sink in. Everybody so far has had Drew as their captain. Uh, also Raquel Gonzalez, Sonia Deville, as for mentioned. And but he also has Bobby Lashley on his team. So he's in the same, same situation as Gary and Grant with the, the unfolding WWE title picture. So, I mean, he's quite a bit behind the number one, though, who, who maintains first place this week. It's Ryan Dalgleish, the people's representatives. And I'll give you guys one guess as to who his team captain is. Is yeah. yeah, it is, Drew. Yeah. So he's at the top with 113.5 points. So an almost 15-point gap between him and Alan at the minute. Uh, and I put that down to his tag team, who is Shana and Naya, who were the top scorers this week. So Ryan is in a fantastic position at this minute. And Sonia Deville, you know, getting the appearance points from, uh, from backstage and stuff. The only blip I see on his team is Bailey, who's been pretty quiet as of late this season. But... You know, Ryan's in an excellent position. He's got a lot of good scorers in the form of Finn Balor and Daniel Bryan, as well as his round two and three picks respectively. And I was saying this to Jack before we went on before we started the recording. We Jack believes that Ryan is gonna win the whole thing. Am I right, Jack? (laughs) Oh, there's there's no
0: question that uh, Ryan's going to win the, the full thing in my eyes. You know, he's a, 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 great, a great, dear friend of mine. And not not only do I think he's going to win the the Listeners League, the listeners of the Listeners League, we have a big group, group chat and they all WhatsApp and they all, we all talk and we all do things. And everyone wants to see Ryan DeGlish win. You know, it's, it's, the, it's the comeback mm-hmm. story of the ages. He was right right down bottom of the table last season. Look at him shining now. Just a little bit of guidance, mm-hmm. a little bit in the right direction. Look at him going. So Ryan DeGlish... I'll see you next season, my friend. I'll see you next season.
2: Yep, You're all behind, him. You're all behind start- him now. You were, you were flagging him rotten, uh when he was at the bottom. You're all behind him now. I think you just want him in the main season next season just so you can rip the piss out of him again.
3: Scott, he's my friend. I can do what I want to my friend. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? He's, uh, he's in a great position at the minute. Obviously, nine and Shayna getting the, the number of tag titles Then Drew McIntyre could be retaining, could be regaining the title at WrestleMania. Finn Balor is still the NXT champion. Although... I think Daniel Bryan, you know, while he gets heavily featured and gets plenty of matches, you know, he might end, he might not end up winning the big one, as it were. So but you know, th- those regular appearance in regular matches might actually still be beneficial for him. So I, I think you've made a, a pretty bold prediction there, Jack. I think uh, Ryan has got to be the early favorite to win the listeners league this season. Hmm.
2: I think with uh, some of the people who are hoping to progress a bit further up the especially in the top five so many people have your McIntyre there's not going to be that much progression upwards for them because if so many people have Drew and, Matt and Ter, then they all get the same amount of points and like, if they're relying on that they're going to stay in the same position so they're going to need to rely on like other members uh, of their team to like step up. like Alan Laurie has likes sort of uh, Raquel Gonzalez and MSK much like me and so, like one of them went in their Dusty Cup opportunity it would be a big help for him. I'm surprised like you that friend of uh, several members of the spot Tom Brock is no longer in the top five but Given that next week we have Revolution and he's got Kenny Omega and Darby Allin his team, I think big wins for those two would help push him back into the top five. But speaking of Revolution, we've got MJF and Jericho who have been a couple of different people's uh, tag teams. And uh, they are your tag team, Sarah, going into the season. Who's covered are you in track about MJF and Jericho's chances? Because me and Stephen all and that we were uh, we were thinking about taking them on point. But uh, you guys got in
1: there before us. Oh well, it's nice to know that we've we, you know, stole your tag team or stole like one of your choices at least. Um, well,
2: <laughs> to, be, to be fair, MSK proved to be a better option in the end. Uh, uh well
1: you you can't you can't really go wrong. I mean, because AEW does face like sort of bring itself around the inner circle quite often, um, and the whole you know what's MJF really up to. It's like the big question, but I don't know. Like, <sighs> a part of me kind of does <laughs> wish I chose a different tag team because it, it, it. I'm not gonna lie, that was my idea for the tag team. I was like, Nah, I want them, um, because for some reason, you know, appearance points, just because you you don't even have to take them in a match. Like they're always gonna be featured on the show, um. Um, like we all knew that they were going to be winning that battle royal. Um, so yeah, it's it's really really hard to say why I picked them. I mean, I think they're like I think they're hilarious, but I do kind of regret it in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, just simply because I'm sitting thinking there's a possibility that the Young Bucks could be going into a rivalry uh, with the Good Brothers. Um, because they keep appearing on AW. So I don't know. I, it, part of me thinks I'm just like, yeah, this is not going to go well. But I think it was more, at least we've got the appearance points that we're always going to get to have MJF and Jericho kicking around. Well,
2: is as an argument to be made that, you know, Bucks, the Good Brothers, doesn't really need AW tag titles because, you know, the Good Brothers are themselves tag team champions? Mm-hmm. A minute earlier, you don't even need to have tied titles on the line. It can be just a, a kind of a grudge feud. But I did think going into the season that you know this whole progression of the story with MJF and Jericho, where like, they won that that three way tie to be like the, the tie team of the inner circle, and given that uh, Satan most of their points like in the last couple of seasons, even though they weren't drafted, yeah, you know, they appeared a lot on Dark, and if Dark wasn't going to be included, then the main AEW tied team team would be the Ember Bucks. And to help progress their story, I think there's a point that they should maybe win the tie tails. But I'll go over to you, Dave. You've got the, the Young Bucks. So why, why yes. were you like, wanting to pick the Young Bucks potentially over uh, MGF and Jericho?
3: Well, we couldn't really pick MGF and Jericho because obviously Sarah and Strack were ahead of us. But me and Robert, we decided to play it safe with tag teams in the grand scheme of things. You know, we could have taken a punt on Nyan Chena and that would have been mass- a, bit of a massive payoff for us. but... We reckon that, you know, the Young Bucks had a tag team title match coming up at AEW Revolution. We were trying to think ahead in terms of pay-per-view appearances and stuff. And we know how heavily featured the Young Bucks are on, on TV. So, I mean, uh, all things considered, you know, the, it's been a bit of a slow burner for them. But I think after AEW Revolution, we think they're going to be featured a lot more. So And that's kind of the the whole basis of our team is that we're a, a slow burner team. Like obviously Bianca Belair was our first round pick, but she's only scored the same number of points as the Young Bucks, both on seven. Matt Riddle is still our highest, with Io Shirai just behind uh, on nineteen points. Uh, but yeah, we we were just looking at this in terms of hindsight. We we were we always said the Young Bucks were going to be our first choice because it was a safe uh, a safe bet and something you know we could rely on multiple appearances and a couple of big wins as tag team champions. So,
2: uh, sir, let's see going to Revolution next week, if MJF and Jericho don't win the, the tag team titles, uh, do you think it may be that your best hope for not finishing in the season in last place maybe then falls to Edge, potentially winning the title at WrestleMania?
1: I mean, I always knew, like, see when, see when I was like looking at my team as a whole, like, minus new Strax team, I was like, yeah, yeah, this isn't going to work out. <laughs> <laughs> um, especially because, like, well, the first week news track got off to a really, really good start, and then after that, we dropped straight to the bottom of the table. Um I, I, I know exactly why we have dropped to the bottom of the table because it's like I will go back and say that my my drafting skills are rusty. I've not been here since what the end of season two, um, so it's it's yeah. <laughs> so I think I believe- it's more. I think like if MJF and Jericho don't win the tag titles, at least then we're still gonna get some points in terms of inner circle um either vignettes, backstage interviews like like that sort of stuff, or even just mm-hmm. appearing. Um I think I think the fact that they are just very heavily featured and it seems that AW is gonna get built around MJF in a way. Mm-hmm. Um It it doesn't seem like the most stupid pick, but yeah, I don't know, I'm a bit on the Uh, edge.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, looking at it, yeah, they will appear quite frequently on the show, even if they they don't win the tie titles. I do believe season three was your last season because I remember you took Jericho before I could get him because he just won the AEW title. And I was quite angry at the time.
1: Well, with first, like the last time that I was here, I had first round pick because I finished second last in season one. But Kwaku then dropped out, so technically I got first pick in season two. Um, so like that's why I had the I had like the pick of the bunch, and of course I was going to pick Jericho. <laughs>
2: yeah, and um, I think also well, you being in refresh, you know, it was all by fate, you know, the wheel, you know is the ultimate judge of who goes with who. And also Strach is still fairly new to the season now uh, and joined uh, last season. And yeah, you've been out. I know also you, you've been out for a little while. So there was a bit of an uphill uh, struggle. You were, you were kind of underdogs, I think, going into this season. And going into another aspect of your team, you've been as fielded on this podcast well, as kind of like the advocate for women's wrestling. i always talk about wanting to see be better booking for the women. And of course, AW and WWE. So I'm surprised that also you said you routine edge and Bianca that you didn't choose to go for uh, Bianca Belair because I think she uh, is more likely to, uh, to win her tail shot at Wrestlemania but also because the, the two female picks that you've chosen are Lana <laughs> and as a second round pick <laughs> when, 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 when when Kenny Omega was still <laughs> available Britt Baker <laughs> Who's yes. on a total of zero <laughs> points? And by the but, way, lost, uh, out of the tip world women's title eliminator because you lost to Anna Rose this week. <laughs> Sarah, in the words of the immortal uh, Terry Jeffords from Brooklyn Nine
1: Nine, why? <laughs> <laughs> right, hear me out. Okay, hear me out. See when um, the idea of drafting Brit, I completely forgot that Dark was not being featured this year. <laughs> right, I completely forgot. <laughs> Not gonna lie, I totally forgot. Right? And I thought in my mind that picking Brit, I I was just like, We need a female, but all the like decent enough females have been taken. I was like, you know what? Brit's due like a big title shot soon. Like she's the most improved, she's getting featured more on TV. Like no matter what, you're gonna have the waiting room. I completely forgot that Dark was not being featured not, I'm not going to lie right? that is all on me for picking Britt. in the terms of not picking Bianca I will throw Shack under the bus he wanted Edge over Bianca right? <laughs> and I was like you know what I'm going to give him Edge he wants Edge I'll give him Edge right because I was just like right if we can't get Edge we'll get Bianca if we can't get Bianca we'll get Edge I was like either one of the two depending on who gets picked and he was just like no I want edge. So I was like, right, no, that that's completely fine, right? Royal Rumble winner. He's he's gonna be featured quite a lot. I mean, I wasn't thinking too far ahead. <laughs> I was just sort of thinking, yeah, eh, okay. But um, yeah, picking Britt Baker in the second round, that was all on me. That was all on <laughs> me. I am not going to den- I am not gonna pass the blame. I am not gonna deny anything. I am going to go back and kind of quote Castiel Say saying my drafting skills are rusty. Because like, I've been out for a while I completely forgot how things go. <laughs> and yeah I thought that Brett was in line for something bigger than what she was getting. Like I was completely convinced that she was going to be the one to challenge Hikaru Shida at Revolution. I was completely convinced um, because just because she is like the mo- she's been the most improved, like since since her multiple injuries over the COVID era. So that was that was my thinking. But my also thinking was we need a female, right? Because Strack really was just pushing for so many males. And see, when it came to the last round, he was like, "I want this person." I was like, yeah, we need a female." I was like, "We've already picked all the males." Oh, mm-hmm. so that was really it. And then my my. Ch- for, for Lana I was just like you know what there was the whole idea of originally wanting to build the Smackdown women's division around her I saw that that might be happening for Raw especially because like she keeps getting put through the table week after week from now I was like she's due to get a comeuppance at some point like either a lucky win or she's she's going to outsmart her somehow or just by sheer you know luck and with all fairness, that has happened a couple of times. Like, she's she's getting wins with Naomi as part of a tag team, which I'm not going to say no to Lana getting wins. I think it was just more the fact that she was sort of, in a way, getting that whole bullied and being the underdog, that they were going to give her a little bit of a push, which, with all fairness, she's done better than Britt Baker. So, I mean-
2: I'm not saying Brett Baker shouldn't have been picked yet yeah, in terms of like, giving the equal split, you know, the 3-2 split of males to females on a team. We've emphasised that, mm-hmm. the importance of that in right, the selection process. It's just that, yeah, she was probably a favourite and I'm surprised myself that she, uh, she went out at the stage she did in this, this tournament because now I'm questioning who actually is going to face Hukaru uh, Shida Revolution. Now, it's just the fact that round two two I, I don't know. even think going into her being the favorite justified that, or justified she was a female. I mean, again, so oh, many people. the um, Evans would have been a better pick overall. Actually, looking at it. In, in hindsight, no, he in wouldn't in have
1: hindsight. been. <laughs> I, I know. I'm going to fully admit that I panicked because I was like, Charlotte was getting, uh, like Charlotte was getting drafted, and Yosry was getting drafted, and I was
2: like, we need Yosha a female. Yoshirai was around four pick. Like,
1: yeah, well, yeah, I remember I. Was,
2: Mercedes Martinez just... Mercedes Martinez with all friendship
1: was... Mercedes Martinez was one that I wanted. I actually did want her um, at some point, but I just I panicked. I'm not going to deny it, and i'm going like I will happily, happily take her roasting. Because I know how stupid I've been. It's not like I'm going to go and take offence and go, nah, I, I, I was very, very confident. They fucked me over. It's a conspiracy, blah, 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 blah. I'm, it's like, I, I've, I'm i going to admit that I did a bad one. I fucked up. I did a doo-doo. <laughs> no,
2: we've the daily, all been there. We've
1: all Bailey was like, round four.
2: Alexa Bliss was still available. <laughs> well, uh, see, Alexa Bliss oh, was another
1: three, one that we were considering. It was like, nah, she's not getting heavily featured. Rhea Ripley, completely forgot about her. Um, like, And I shouldn't be forgetting about well, her. I sound like such a bad advocate for women's wrestling right well, now. In all,
3: in all fairness, at time of recording, Britt Baker has the same amount of points as Rhea Ripley right now. Zero.
2: Dave, and Dave, 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 Dave.
3: Shut up. <laughs> and, fair, and just a word to I the goat it. to itself, They it should be... The Goat Tones can't exactly be bragging about their second round pick as well, Alexa Bliss, who only has three points. So I think There's all, mine. <laughs> And Grant and Gary. Gary's pick, uh, second round pick, Asuka, five points. Like, we've all made,
2: zero.
3: We've all made I, mistakes with the second round pick <laughs> <laughs> here, it seems.
1: Can, 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 see, see if I finish last this season, do I get to pick first next season?
3: Uh, no.
0: It's it'll, it's it's one I think that will come to a discussion near the <laughs> end because obviously uh, there's two of you so maybe maybe there'll be maybe there'll be a, a another another addition to the wheel. Where we we spend between just you and Strack, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying you're going to
3: come last.
2: You know, I'm not, yeah. not saying you're going yeah. to come yeah. last. Like, is, like, if you, you really do come last, it's the whole
3: thing. The only that rule applies only to to purgatory, unfortunately. And it's the the person who wins the season uh, has the draft last. It's not the person who comes in last has to go first. That's all randomised. Well,
1: well, there goes my idea of this. Could have been like a an ease myself back in. <laughs> um, <laughs> like There could be so many excuses that I'm not going to make excuses. I'm going to hold my hands up and say, Yep, I could have picked Kenny Omega. I don't know why I didn't pick Kenny Omega. Um, for I mean, hell, Trax, Cody would have been better. Shaq yeah, would have been better.
2: <laughs> I mean, Strack just seems like a big like, fan of AEW. He had a very heavily AEW team last season. I think, yeah, that kind of hindered him actually a lot in the end, but like, still. You would have thought he would have been looking at AEW and thought Kenny Omega or someone like Cody? So, try, I do agree really to share some blame in this. And talk about re Rhea play. It does feel like I've been told that vignette this week WWE forgot a bit or not. Uh, sorry, sorry, Jack.
0: I guess it's all right. You know,
2: sometimes sometimes you just
0: get shafted and that's that's just a a, a fact of life, as one LA Knight would say.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <You>
2: know, <laughs> talk about some of the... The third and fourth round picks you've got here, you've got Seth Rollins, who made his uh, return this a couple weeks ago, and you've got AJ Styles, who so, yeah, did suffer like, the final loss and the chamber to help Drew win. But I do think those guys, in terms of consistency on their respective brands, in terms of appearance, they are going to be a strong picks. Because uh, they're both going to feature table I think, at WrestleMania. I would actually go as far as say, we were talking about Matt Riddle earlier, I would actually mind seeing AJ v. Riddle at WrestleMania for the US title.
1: Well, I'm gonna completely admit Seth Rollins was um Strack's pick. He wanted, he wanted Seth Rollins. I was like, you know what? He's made a return. It's Seth, it's Seth freaking Rollins. You can't go wrong in picking mm. him. And AJ was one that we definitely both a- we agreed to, yeah, Dave.
3: Mm. I was just gonna say, Io Shirai was still available at that point and she's currently the highest fourth round pick so far.
1: But yeah, so I'm going to hold my hands up and say that, that like Lana was all me, Britt Baker was all me, MJF and Jericho was me, and then the, 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 the two sort of somewhat decent picks uh, came from Strack because we both admit that we don't tend to watch WWE as often. Like, we both tend to watch... A W and NXT. I mean, if Impact had been featured, hell, I would have. Like, I probably would have like picked a whole bunch of Impact people, <laughs> especially because you know the Forbidden Door has been opened. <laughs> hell, my yeah. tag team. My tag team would have been the Good Brothers. That would have been my tag team. <laughs> that would have been
2: a strong team. You know, we're not saying anything bad about uh, MTF and Jericho because so I think I'm, I'm. All I'm really saying is like, still it's still a little week left still got a week to really like <laughs> prove because I think revolution is one of those like make or break things, kinda like Riddle got proving to be a smart pick by Chamber. What mm-hmm. the outcome of that tie title match actually prove how, how good of a pick MGF and, and Jericho ultimately were. I mean, Edge is a smart pick, you know, for a friend, I'm just saying I'm surprised, you know, between the two, like for uh homo when he went with him because he actually has been more full time than he has this time last year. Mm-hmm. And there's always the possibility that we'll come back or we'll pay off with a, a big WrestleMania title win And you guys putting the captaincy on them, I actually think was a smart idea
1: I mean, I don't think there was anyone else That we could really put the captaincy on And also the fact that I was really, really close to drafting Christian And Strack had to, you know, wheel me in And tell me, no, mm. you're not getting Christian As much as I would want Christian
2: <laughs> I mean, that's um, that appear to be smart in the end I mean, have we seen him since the Rumble? No we haven't
3: You can't let emotions Overtake your uh, your draft just, choices You've just, got to be analytical yep. and you've got to strategize.
1: Yeah that's, that's like Because we all know me I'm a bit of a Loose cannon sometimes and I'm a bit You know eccentric and wild Especially when it comes To you know going off on a rant or if I get An idea in my head and I just seem To go with it I'm like away with the fairies half the time So Yeah like, when it, co- when it comes to, like, waiting for revolution, it's, it's, unless Britt Baker, like, attacks the Karashida after the match, then, um you know, I I, 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 it's a definite make or break, and I don't know what's going to happen, because now I don't know what wrestling is anymore. <laughs> Nobody knows. We're all still trying to
2: figure out what wrestling is, but. Seth, I think, given that he returned at the Rumble with a smart pick, even though it took him a couple of weeks to actually make his return fully uh, to SmackDown. Because uh, Dan Dave, our, our stats man, will back us up here. He, for a while, was the top like overall draft like performer mm-hmm. for a while until he went away and like Bailey kind of overtook him.
3: Yeah, like I remember in Season 3 as well, he was the, the second highest scorer just behind... Roman Reigns. So, I mean, Seth Rollins is a reliable choice, but, you know, he's sort of been toned down in the last sort of year or so and he's been away for a few months obviously because he's just had a he just had a kid now. Uh, he's definitely taking a much more sort of laid-back approach uh, to sort of being on SmackDown whereas, you know, other talent's getting more more of a spotlight. Uh, even, like, and, and the proofs and the points, like Shinsuke Nakamura, who's a fourth-round pick, didn't seem a very wise choice uh, ahead of, like, Cesaro and stuff. He has five points. Seth Rollins only has three. So it's uh, it actually shows that Seth Rollins statistically is actually a lower scorer than Shinsuke Nakamura this season.
1: Me, 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 me,
3: me, me, Nakamura's on Ross and Jack's team,
2: Sarah. What are you on about?
1: I'm just saying me, 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 <laughs> uh, If you
2: day, we can't play nice together, none of you get to draft. <laughs> I, so help me, I will turn this podcast around. And there'll be no season be <laughs> no season eight for anybody. Nee, nee, nee,
1: anyway, nee, nee, nee.
2: <laughs> that's it. Back to Winnipeg. <laughs> <laughs> uh I think it's official we've all lost the plot. I think I've run out of uh, we've run out, I think, the uh poor decision to relevant Sarah's face. So well I think we'll have to leave it there and hope for a good performance from MJ terco at Revolution and I also hope for bigger things for, for Edge <coughs> uh, Yes The Young Bucks are
3: defending against them as well so let's hope they, they get a win as well
1: yes, They can both win
2: We can talk more about you and the Bucks next time when, they, when we do our because our, well, you know, we're recording right before Revolution and we'll be talking about who can, stands the game from it but you know Sarah, Sarah need the points right now they're in last place with some compassion for your fellow drafters, Dave.
1: Yeah, Dave.
2: Anyway, so after all the uh, poor decisions that we reminded her of, I want to still thank Sarah for uh, agreeing (laughs) to come on today.
1: Like I said, I'm going to hold my hands up, and if anyone else wants to roast me, I will gladly take it, because, well, I'm not a snowflake, and I can admit when I'm wrong. (laughs) 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 <laughs> Ta-da
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: And I want to thank the guy who very much wants me to remind you The young Bucks are on his team And they are defending the Titan Tales of Revolution David Hockney Thank you And the guy who definitely is still a smart decision To uh, to draft you up with a still team for you Jack Graham
0: I, I don't, don't 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 you worry yourself at my team Scott I'll, I'll keep the worrying of that to myself Thank you very much But yes, thanks for having me on
2: yeah, well, you're here every week, so we had to have you send the contract. <laughs> uh, and I am a man who's still as Biggie as he's his captain alongside Stephen because he wasn't on this week. But I'm still confident. You know, I'm still not losing hope, even though we've in a couple of places. I've been to go as usual. hopefully, back next week with uh, you know the final. With our usual like, round-up of everything going on this season We'll be looking ahead to Revolution Who stands to the game the most of that Other than Dave and Sarah And we'll be looking And hopefully next week we'll hope to have Now the new Aces are Champion Derek Kevin on this show Because, you know, conveniently wasn't able to uh, Conveniently Wasn't able to be on this show Because he has a family to think about How selfish can you be, honestly Some people, you know I've got a table shot to think about. You don't hear me going on about it. But until next time, with all our usual drafting and all our usual nonsense, well, thank you for listening to this. Remember to follow us on uh, iTunes, Spotify, Anchor, all good Android sites, Follow us on social media, at Suplex Retreat, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And keep on with our community page, everything we've got going on. We've got our Central, where Seda also had to defend our decisions against one David Campbell. We have our feature shows coming up in the next couple of weeks. We've got an episode on Go. We've got a feature show coming up next couple of weeks about uh, Sarah's captain uh, Edge, hosted by our own Jack Graham. We've got all sorts. We've even got a show on the final year of WCW coming up. we showdown coming up soon on our YouTube channel. I believe the semis of Book it just happened with Sarah's partner, Strat going up against my partner, Stephen Wilson, to see who going to face David Hawkins to end the Book it finals. All sorts are going on. with showdown, as I said. And just stay tuned for everything because we've got so much happening. East meets West. We've got an episode in a couple of couple of days' time, so you know keep a lookout for that. And I think that's everything. So we'll just say a happy Saturday, to everyone, and thanks for listening. Sports Social Podcast Network.